Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Northern Irish Football Show uh, in association with Campbell's Footballs. I'm Dr. Grant Campbell. Uh, joining me once again to dissect all the action from another instant-packed weekend in Northern Ireland is the one and only Stephen Crawford. Stephen, a warm welcome back to you. Thanks, Grant. Great to be back on again. Hope you're keeping well. Yeah, I'm keeping very well. What another incident-packed week in the world of Northern Irish football. It's just absolutely fantastic, isn't it? Uh, it's great, and uh, it's, it's like it's never been away, you know, and we all were pining for it there because there was quite a long break between the two seasons, but it's great to have everybody back and the game's a full flow again. Yeah, we'll have plenty to discuss on this week's show, and there is only one place to start um, on this episode, and that is the match at Moorinview Park on Saturday. It finished Glenavon 0, Carrick Rangers 4, but it was uh, a game that really will be, unfortunately, be remembered for a very serious injury to Lee McNulty, Stephen. Yeah, I like to start by wishing all the best to Lee and hopefully it won't be too long before he's back out in a football pitch again. Um, I think it was quite innocuous. I think he ought to clear a ball and the, the way he landed, he landed on his left ankle and it uh, looks like it's been a dislocation as he fell. Um, quite horrific, I think, for him and never obviously everybody playing and nobody likes to see anybody pick up serious injuries, like you know, so we can just hope that it won't be too long, as I say, before he's back playing again. Yeah, absolutely. Carrick were awarded uh, the win 4-0. They were 4-0 up at the time. Have you ever seen an incident like that occurring before in any kind of football, not just Northern Ireland? Uh, I remember when Owen Bradley re-signed for Corian, uh, going back a few years ago, we played Portadown in the cup match um, and Owen collided with the post uh, on his back and the game was delayed for about a good 15 minutes, 20 minutes and there was a lot of concerns that he'd done a really serious injury that day. Thankfully, uh, it was. It turned out he broke three ribs, which is sore enough, but it, people were concerned that he'd done some damage to his back. And it took a while for the game to get sort of up and going again because obviously it does affect the players. I think we all we all saw it on Sunday there at the Liverpool Leeds match. It really took the sting out of the game. It's very hard for a player to get his head on the game whenever they've seen their teammate or somebody they know lying in you know in agony with a serious injury. So it really does make a, have an impact on the proceedings. And yes, of course, we all remember uh, the incident, of course, with Christian Eriksen at the yeah. European Championships as well. And, you know, it, it sort of brings back kind of haunting memories of, as well of instances like that. But you mentioned the one in the, the Leeds-Liverpool game, and I want to wish personally Harvey Elliott well in his recovery from what was a very serious injury, as well as Lee McNulty himself for what looked like a, a really innocuous but very serious injury. In, in other parts of that story... Stuart King, for much of this game, will be absolutely thrilled with that performance. I mean, I don't think anybody, let's be honest, I hold my hands up here, I don't think anybody's seen a win for Carrick coming, not 4-0 anyway. No, I was at the Carrick-Korean uh, game the week before and spoke to Stuart after the game and he was a bit disappointed because he felt the players just didn't turn up that day and he had asked him for a response and, and boy, did he get it, you know, and... Um, I think it just shows you what Carrick are capable of. There's some very talented players. And I think teams would be write them off at their peril this year because they can't harm you. Yeah, absolutely. Danny Kelly, um, or Daniel Kelly, I should say, Lloyd Anderson, uh, getting the, the second goal. 
Um, Kelly also got the fourth goal, but Corey McMullen scoring an, an absolute screamer. I saw Michael Clark had retweeted it on his uh, Twitter earlier today, and what an outstanding strike. Yeah, I think in pre-seasons he's had a few crackers and he's cried out on into the league. Um, it was a superb strike right into the top corner and probably just capped off an excellent performance. It's just a shame that the day ended as it did because it would have been nice for them to be able to celebrate what was a wonderful performance with the fans, like you know, at the end of full time. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel Kelly getting a couple of goals. He started the season very strongly, hasn't he? Yeah, I think towards the tail end of last season, he had a bit of form, scored a few goals and he's carried that on again this season. He's a big, strong midfielder and he has got an eye for a goal. He, he scored uh, against Warren Point there a couple of weeks back. It's a spectacular overhead kick. I know it took yeah. a bit of a nick off Colm Daisy, but you don't like to take those sort of goals off, off guys like you know. So he's definitely got that in his locker and he'll be a big asset to Stuart this year. So he will. And, and Stuart King has really brought in some, some good talent as these. He's brought in a lot of exuberance and energy, but he's also brought in experience as well. And that mix is really coming in together nicely. He also uh, acquired Neil Shields uh, as, a, mm-hmm. as another goalkeeper. It's interesting that, that him and uh, Matthew Skeet obviously battling it out for that number one, but, but Stuart bringing in a, an experienced goalkeeper t- to help him out. Yeah, there's actually an interesting story about the young guy, Matthew Skeet. He's from, from Port Rush, uh, near my neck of the woods, and they played Carrick in the preseason friendly. I think he was exceptional that day, and that's what uh, Stuart wanted to bring him up and give him a taste of, uh, you know, sort of uh, senior football. And uh, I think he's taking the uh, Duck Newari come on that night for Arn Arnhog. I think he was a bit disappointed to be left out against Corey in, but he's he's took his chance there on, on Saturday. He had kept a clean sheet, and I'm sure he'll be looking to, to kick on now. As good as Carrick were winning this game 4 0, where on earth did this come from from Glenavon? Because they won 6 1 last time out at Warren Point. Yes, they fell a goal behind, but they were absolutely superb after coming back from a goal down. But what happened here? It seems like they just never got going. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. You know, when I saw the results last week with Warren Point and like Glenavon had six, and by all accounts, they could have had a few more. You sort of expect them to kick on and on Saturday, I don't know. Probably Carrick just maybe had got their game plan spot on. I think they're they were looking to maybe, you know, run the defence, put yeah. them under a bit of pressure because they've got a lot of pace up top and it worked a treat for them. But I'm sure Gary will will let the boys know that that's not acceptable, especially given the signings they've made in the summer. He'll want to be kicking on from this here, so he will. I'm trying to work out the, what happened with them because I was having a look at their team just now and. A lot of their big hitters were playing. I mean, only really Andy Waterworth was was missing from this match. Yeah, it's a strange one, you know, and I don't know if you can just write it off as a bad day at the office and, and you move on and you learn from it or, you know, if there's more cause for concern. But to me, there's too many good players in that team for it to be to be a serious. I think Gary will get them going again and uh, probably the match is now coming on Tuesday night. It's a good, good way of them getting that out of the system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just so... Uh, Interesting to see a score like that because it, it almost looks like a, a bit of a freak result, doesn't it? And, mm-hmm. you know, Glenavon obviously have uh, that game in the, the League Cup against Paul Stewart. Carrick are playing Dirk View, I believe, on uh, on Tuesday night. I mean, is there a potential upsets in either of those two games, do you think? Uh, it's going to be difficult for the Championship and Intermediate teams to get a result, but probably if you were coming up against Glenavon, Port Stewart are in decent enough form in the Intermediate League. You might think if we get an early goal, you just never know. And it also depends on whether the teams make any changes as well. You know, so uh, I'm sure there'll be a few nervous guys about in the senior sides be worried 
because uh, everybody wants to progress in this competition, but you would expect the senior teams to go, to go through at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Two interesting games to look at on, on Tuesday night. Let's have a look at the rest of the, the weekends, actually. Let's start with that game on Friday night. Clintoran 4, Palomino 1. And this really was the Irish League's equivalent of Son Heung-min and Harry Kane from last season <laughs> for, for Tottenham because uh, Heung-min's son obviously scored four goals, all assisted by Harry Kane. And in this game, Jay Donnelly with three assists and Conor McManaman picking up a hat-trick. Quite incredible, huh? Yeah, it was amazing to see it. Like you know, and it just it's, I think we've talked in the in our uh, preview show a few few weeks ago about the the wealth of attacking options Glenn Torn have, and this just shows you it. Um, it could have been quite the other way around with McMenamin assisting Donnelly with three. Uh, they've got so many options; it's it's frightening at times, and uh, they they bounced back well from the defeat at Cruckenville. Um, and I think they were always in control against Balamina, so they were, and they ran out deserved winners in the end. Yeah, Robbie McDade got the opening goal in this game as well. And, you know, you, you talked about the embarrassment of riches there. You know, Rory Donnelly coming off the bench. You know, he, he's another player who's he's simply outstanding, isn't he, as well? Yeah, that's what I say. There's just got so many options. Um, uh, I, I don't know how Mick picks his teams at times because he, he has so many options to pick from. But uh, it's nice to have that. If things do go wrong, you can throw on maybe two or three guys to go and change the game. And that's what he's got in his logger. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the interesting thing about Glen Torn for me is that they won at Dungannon on the opening weekend, but they, they played really well at Solitude the weekend before, just couldn't score. And when Clotteville did score, I never saw a response from them, but Mick certainly got a response here. Yeah, I think Clotteville have been uh, have started the season really strongly, obviously, top of the league, and they had that momentum behind them, so when they scored, they, they weren't going to give it away. Um, the Glen's just... They had a few days it got last season, and I'm sure Mick won't want that to become a reoccurrence again. But as we say, these big teams don't like they lose too many in a row, and they've addressed that straight away in the next game. It's not been a great start for Balamina. Uh, they lost at Warren Point on the opening weekend, and they lost here. How worried are you about the Sky Blues, even at this early stage? Uh huh. Well, I, th- I think the, the turnover of players, both going out of the club and coming into the club, it always takes a bit of time to bed the, bed the new guys in. And get used to sort of how the manager wants to play and how every all your teammates play. So it could take them a bit of time to sort of get themselves back and they sort of the rhythm and a, a bit of uh, bit of momentum behind them. But I think the next three games are really crucial for them. You know, they 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 got, they've got Avon, Corian, and Dungannon, mm-hmm. and those are three teams that you know they probably were wanting to get a result against. But yeah. three teams are more capable of taking points off them too. So. He wouldn't want to be sitting after five games with no points. David Parkhouse wasn't playing in this game. Uh, Leroy Miller did score. Do you feel that guys like Leroy Miller, Jude Winchester, Paul McElroy, they're going to be crucial for Balamina to get the goals, especially early on whilst Parkhouse has tried to get back into the team or certainly settle into the team? Yeah, just with so many players leaving over the summer and um, – Leroy Miller is a massive, obviously he's captain now, he's a massive driving force for the team, both box-to-box midfielder, has an eye for a goal, big strong guy, but like with McElroy and even Ryan Wade there, I know he's been involved in Northern Ireland under-21 setup. those are guys are going to need this season, hopefully Parkhouse will hit the ground running, he's not had the best of sort of fortunes in the last season with, with Derry City, and whether his confidence taking a knock, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in the Irish League. We mentioned this, I think, on the preview show, but but once again, Balamina struggling defensively. I mean, they've already conceded six goals in the first couple of games. Is that something that David will be wanting to address very early on, do you think? 
I'm sure he will. I know he's brought in a few new uh, defenders this season and a, a, and a new goalkeeper, but I think a couple of seasons ago they went through a terrible record of conceding a lot of goals and then they seem to address that, but they've seemed to slip back into that now again. And if you're always conceding one or two goals a game, it makes it even harder for to get a result because you're relying on your strikers to chip only two or three goals each game and you can't just do that every week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if Palomina can indeed uh, respond. Uh, the next game, Scotland Tour, are obviously playing in the, the League Cup. They're at home to Banbridge. I mean, that really on paper should be fairly comfortable for the Glens. Yeah, I would expect the Glens probably to give a, a run out to a few guys that maybe haven't played a lot so far. And, and this is a, the luxury of having probably a, two players for every position. You, you know the qualities coming in is going to be the same. That's maybe the guy going out. So And guys will want to prove a point. I think Banbridge have, have obviously started the season in good form. They're, they're top of the, the intermediate the, the division. But you would just see, think that the Glens will probably have too much for them on the night. What about Balamina going to Anna? I mean, that has a bit of a banana skin feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, probably if they're at home, they might be thinking, no, it's not too bad. But when you go away from home and those teams are in your face and know that you're struggling a bit confidence-wise, they will smell the fear. And I think it will come down to who gets the first goal. And I certainly I think if Balamina were to fall behind early on, it could be a big tester for them. Yeah, absolutely. We'll watch those two games with interest on Tuesday night. Obviously, we're recording this on the 13th of September. The next game I'm going to talk about is a game you were at, Stephen. Um, Coleraine uh, going to Stagmore Park. I'm winning 5-0. Quite extraordinary. Stephen Lowry, Owen Bradley, Matthew Shevlin, Jamie Glacken and Ronan Wilson with the goals. Five different goal scorers for Coleraine. They're finally finding their feet this season. Yeah, uh, I was chatting to Warren afterwards and uh, I'd asked him about how the team had bounced back and I used the phrase a bit, maybe a bit doom and gloom at the after the first two defeats, and he was very quick to tell me there was no doom and gloom in the Korean changing room, you know, because even though they'd lost those two games, they felt they'd played well. They maybe just didn't get rubber green. And plus, you're playing Lauren and Cluttonville, who can beat anybody on their day. Um, they've bounced back really well against Carrick Rangers last week, 3-0 and then 5-0 on Saturday. So they score eight goals and non-conceded. They just seemed to be clicking into their rhythm again. And the big chat over the summer was Warren wanted to get the goals in his team. Um, and he's certainly done that so far this season. And I, th- I think he was really pleased to get five individual scorers on, on the books on, on, on Saturday because uh, at times Corey and maybe didn't have that. They maybe had a few guys that chipped on the goals, but it was great to see them shared out throughout the team. And Matthew Shevlin already on four so far this season. He looks like a man reborn in a bandsider shirt. Yeah, obviously he came in in January and he was fine his feet. Obviously, he's a very, very talented boy. I remember when he, he's been playing in the Irish League since 2014, which is remarkable when you think he's only 22. Uh, at that stage, a lot of the English and Scottish clubs have shown a lot of interest in him. Yeah, a lot of pace, very strong and fearless. He just needed to add regular goal scoring to his game. And thankfully, this season, he's done that. I think once he got a couple, the confidence is high. And the goal he took on Saturday was just a first-time finish. It shows you a guy full of confidence. Didn't think about it. Just come on to it and last it into the net. And if he can keep the goal-scoring form going, that'll be a big asset to Coleraine this season. Were you surprised that Coleraine managed to acquire him? Because I often thought when he was in that Linfield setup, I thought he was maybe going to break in, maybe be the next mm-hmm. Shane Lavery, but it never really worked out for him. Yeah, I think after he left Balamina at that stage and one of the Blues, maybe a few people were maybe surprised because he didn't, after getting that initial impact, he didn't really kick on at Balamina. And people thought, oh, it's a big move from the Linfield that, 
it just never worked out. He didn't play enough regular football. But I think Oren always liked him. I saw a player in there and he, he probably thought regular football will really bring this young guy on. And it has. It's, it's borne out. And he's an honest chap. He'll work all day long. And uh, it's very interesting that he's found a good foil in Skinner Bradley because they're both <laughs> different stages of, of their careers. But Skinner does all the hard yards and wins the balls. And, and Matthew's on the end of them. So he is. One player who certainly does put in the hard yards and he's like a fine wine, Stephen Lowry. I mean, how mm-hmm. much has he been an influence for Coleraine at the start of the season? He will definitely and still continue to improve even at the latter stages of his career. Oh, definitely. He's a massive influence on the, on the team, both on and off the pitch at the moment. And uh, he's just so calm and composed on the ball. And I was delighted for him to get on the goal scoring charts on Saturday. He admitted afterwards like he doesn't really score a lot, but... When he does, it always seems to be key goals. And it was a very interesting game on Saturday because the first 10, 15 minutes in Gannon were lively. They hit the post. The Reese Campbell probably should have put them ahead early on, missed it right in front of goal. But that first goal sort of knocked in Gannon a bit and uh, Corey and kicked on from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many interesting things we could talk about, Corey. And I'm just going to ask one last question about them. London Kane for me, continues to be so consistent in a Coleraine shirt. I mean, he's had a fantastic start to the season. Oh, he's incredible. And it's not just defensively. He's such an attribute going forward. Like, you know, there's you always hear this chat about Liverpool's fullbacks being <laughs> such a great asset offensively. Well, Lyndon and Aaron Trainer really do that for Coleraine. I think Lyndon's maybe, is it three, four assists already this season? So, uh, I don't know if he keeps tally or maybe the two of them have a bit of a competition, him and Trainer, but uh, I would say come the end of the season he'll be well on the double figures in, in terms of assists yeah absolutely I mean everything that went so well for Coleraine it was the complete opposite for Dungannon Joe McCready missed a penalty as well it was just one of these games that you just mentioned there Dungannon started well but once Coleraine got the first goal the heads went down for the Swifts is that just down to naivety in an inexperienced squad yeah, that was what, what Dean Sainz was sort of putting across after the game that uh, Coleraine are coming here with a team full of experienced players who've been about the league and they have that know-how, that game management, whereas his young players are still learning that. And he, he was very honest about it. He says they need to learn and learn quickly in this league because it is ruthless. You're going to come up against teams every week that will harass you, that won't give you time in the ball. And they are some, there are some very talented players at Stangwell Park but sometimes you just have to grind out a result. You have to step up to the plate and you have to work hard for it and see where you, where you go from there. And I think Dean uh, laid it on the plate for the players on, on Saturday in no uncertain terms. I mean, I thought they played really well in the opening game of the season against the Glens. And to be fair, you, you strip everything back. They, they faced two of the top three from last season. And, you know, they've got our man the, the League Cup and it don't get any easier for them on Saturday because they've got Cliftonville, another home game at... It's Stanmore, and, and you know, the, as good as you want to play, it's always good to and better, I'd argue, to, to get the points on the board. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's more about re- the result than the performance, you know, and especially when you're struggling, it's just maybe getting those first points on the board. Um, it's very interesting. Obviously, Dean is Oren Kearney's brother in law, and he faces another brother in law on Tuesday night in the, the shape of Shea Campbell. So, <laughs> talk about family ties, and I'm sure uh, there'll be a bit. Of, There'll be a bit of rivalry afterwards, like you know, and a bit of slagging, I'm sure, between them all. But uh, yeah, I think Dean just needs a result to get the season up and running, and hopefully, uh, they do get that sooner rather than later. 
Do you feel like Dungannon, even at this very early stage, look like they've got a little bit more of an improvement in them on last season? Because they didn't score a lot of goals last season. And on the flip side of that, they conceded too many. And, and you want to try and address that balance. Yeah, I think they, you obviously see what, what the way Dane wants to go about the game. He wants to play out from the back. Um, and they do have talented players there. I still think that they maybe need another forward that can score. They missed a, a couple of chances on Saturday, which could have changed the game. Um, defensively, they did. I know it's hard to say after you concede five goals, but they did look okay in the first 20 minutes. Obviously, heads went down a bit, and it's only natural after you concede two or three. But um, I just hope he gets the time and these young players can develop and learn the experience-wise out of the, this whole you know, project that things taking forward. Yeah, absolutely. Cool rain on the other hand, they go to Banger on Tuesday night. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my recent podcast chat with Graham Bailey, um, the uh, chairman of Banger FC, go and check that out in the Campbell's Football's archives. As for Cool Rain going to the way to Banger, Stephen, I mean, is this a game that Cool Rain just have to treat professionally and just hope they get the job done? Yeah, I fully expect Orrin to, you know, go with a really strong side, probably. I would say probably very, very strong, similar to what started the game on Saturday. Uh, technically, they're still the holders of the of the League Cup, given that it wasn't played last year. And of I don't course. Think they want to, I don't think they want to give it up very, very lightly. Um, it's it's tricky. You go away to these grounds. It's it's a, a bit of a journey for Corian. But again, you would think the quality that they have, they can do it. Bangor have obviously made a decent start to the season. They're a club that has aspirations. They want to be back up playing against Corian every week. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, this, they'll relish uh, coming against Oren and the boys on, on Tuesday night. Corrine then travelled to Windsor Park on Saturday to take on Linfield. And we'll talk about Linfield next because they were embroiled in an absolute thriller on, on Saturday down at Shamrock Park against Porter Down. They twice had to come from behind and then went on to win by three goals to two. Is this a champion's performance in some respects from Linfield? Because they were down, but they managed to find that battling qualities to come back and get the job done. Yeah, I think it says a lot about them, that resilience. Like Even in front of a, I think it was a massive crowd down there at Sandmar Park on Saturday, which was great to see both away and home. Uh, and for to be down twice and still come away with it with the three points, I'm sure David Healy would be absolutely delighted at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Christy Manzinga getting a couple of goals sandwiched in between that. Matt Green getting his first goal for his new club. I mean, that'll be a big boost to him. Yeah, obviously, Sean's Lavery's departure in the summertime would have a big a massive void they, they fill there. Um, and there was questions raised whether Christy Manzinga would step up the plate. And you can't argue with the guy. He's got four goals now since the season started. Matt Green, I'm sure, be delighted to get up and running so so quickly. Uh, I'd said in our previous show that if the Blues could get a regular goal score, they'd be hard to stop. And these two guys certainly look as if they're going to be able to do that. How has Manzinga managed to find his form? Because last season he was a bit up and down. It didn't quite work out for him. I think he was really struggling with uh, COVID and, and a lot of unsettled nature there. Mm -hmm. But he's come in this season and started fighting, got a double on the opening day against uh, Crusaders and, and, and netted another couple here. Yeah, I think it's a lot to do with confidence, obviously, coming into a new league. Uh, I don't think the situation helped him because he maybe wasn't able to socialise with the players because of the, the COVID restrictions and players need that and they feel part of the whole thing he picked up an injury and Shane Lavery was on <laughs> he was in fine form so he just wasn't getting maybe the opportunities he was coming on here and there so this uh, this summer he has really grasped the opportunity and he's shown what he's capable of um, he's a big 
powerful striker with a lot of pace and his second finish on Saturday was phenomenal. It's, <laughs> those are the ones you like to see, 25-yard rockets in the top corner. It's, uh, I think he will grow in stature from that too because it shows what he's a, how much ability he actually does have. Portadown did play really well in this game from from what I saw, and especially in the first half, I thought they were really, really good. Rudy Crosskerry on the score sheet again. Lee Bonas getting off the mark Mm -hmm. uh, for the new season. Even though Portadown lost this game, I'm sure Matthew Tipton will get a lot of confidence from another battling display. It's probably bittersweet for them because obviously against Larne and against Linfield, they've pushed them really hard, but they end up with nothing to show for it. Um, But it shows you what they're capable of, Portadown. Tippy has a great team spirit down there. Um, they've really galvanised the place, and I think the boys really enjoy playing for them. Mm-hmm. And they will be dangerous. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Lee Bonus is fantastic. I know Tippy said uh, at the weekend there he was glad that the transfer window's closed because nobody can come in and take bonus from him. And keeping him is, is huge, huge um, for the team because he is the boy that can score goals, but he also is a, he's a pest up there. He never lets the defenders rest, and he's a great outlet for the team to have. Are they a team that, you know, need to keep staying in games to give themselves a chance? Because I spoke with Ryan McConville on last week's show and, and when they went to Seaview, they fell a couple of goals behind and, and the game quickly ran away from them. In the Lauren game, Tippy said that they gave them too much respect, didn't they? And, and in the second half, it, they turned that around. Here, they're, they're playing the defending champions. So in, in some respects, they, they've kind of got nothing to lose. But I'm sure when they went in in front, you know, that will be a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, I, I was actually on the Port of Down podcast a couple of weeks back there and it was just after the Crusaders game and the, I think they were really disappointed with performance that night. They give away some you know, bad goals from a, quite a soft defensive perspective. Yeah, and I think that was the thing that hurt. But they responded against Lauren and they responded against Lumford. As you say, you probably maybe would take a, a lesser performance if you got the points. But overall, Tippy will be pleased that the guys have got that you know, in them. He just needs now to go and get a result and they can kick on because even that game against Glenavon was a bit of a kick in the teeth to concede. Yeah, I think they've been a little bit unlucky to have only got a solitary point so far because in stages of pretty much all the games, maybe apart from the Crusaders game, they've actually played really well. Yeah, they, they started the season in fine form and uh, it must be hard to take in there. You've played well in three games, bar the Crusaders game, but you've only had one point to show for it. So, uh Getting that first first one will, will give them a huge confidence boost and I think they'll really kick on from there soon. Yeah, I mean, Portadown's next four games, I mean, just looking at them here, they've got Newington in the Cup in midweek, which we'll talk about in a moment. They've then got Carrick away, Dungannon at home and, and Warren Point away. I mean, and then that's three Cup finals in, in that league games mm-hmm. I just mentioned there in itself. Yeah, like they've had a really tough start to the season. Like Those four fixtures were, were hard going and probably if they sat back and looked at it, it probably thought it was going to be hard to get any points on on the board, but these next run of games are games that they're more than capable of winning on. And if they're going to step away from that sort of lower half of the table, those are the games that they really need to be winning. Yeah, and they've got Newington Youth in the League Cup. I mean, that's a game that Tippy will be looking to to a win, but maybe have a wee bit of a, a run in this competition, perhaps. Yeah, I think you know, obviously, with a withdrawn an intermediate side in in the first round. It gives that opportunity to to win the game and then maybe get a home tie in the next round. So they'll see that as a as a great great prospect. And you know the league cup has got a wee bit of special because it's a under floodlights. And I always think the night games give a bit more atmosphere. And they'll be wanting to kick on and hopefully maybe progress well in the tournament. 
Yeah, absolutely. Linfield travel to Ballyclare in the championship. I spoke with their manager, Paul Harbinson, uh, earlier this week, and you can hear my full depth discussion with Paul on uh, on Friday's special exclusive episode of the show. So you can keep a watch out for that. But just until then, here's a wee snippet of what's to come. Now you've got a busy fixture list coming up because you've got a huge week ahead. Let's talk about that League Cup game against Linfield because the defending champions of the Premiership, they won the Irish Cup in the summer. This is a, a really, really great tie for you guys. Isn't that a real coup? Yeah, absolutely. A fantastic one to have. As I said, our crowds have been increasing anyway. Um, so to bring Linfield to Dixon Park, we, we'd like to see a, a really big crowd there, um, as there always is. Uh, uh, and David and Ross and, and the team that they bring, I mean, you, you know what you're getting in Linfield. They, they are the best team in the country and have been for years and, and years. And so, you know, no matter who they play, it's funny. We talked there about how we're trying to improve consistently. And one of the big things that we've done recently is, is in, install the scouting network. So we always do our homework on who we're playing two or three weeks in advance. And we've done that with Linfield. But, you know, there's a part where you say it doesn't really matter who Linfield bring. It doesn't really matter what team they play, whether they play 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2. You know, whatever personnel they throw in there, we know what we're up against. Um, I hate using the term. There's there's a, a term in football that, that managers would use sometimes as a free one. You know, they, mm. they look at it, Linfield, you know, it's a League Cup. They're coming to us. Nobody really cares. I do care. Um, I, I really, really do care um, because it would be really fantastic for us to get out and to set up our stall and to organize ourselves and, and to steal something. Um, and we do have to go into that game with the belief that we can do that. And we've done our homework uh, in the hope that we have a knowledge of, of who it is that's going to start. I think David will make changes um, to what his league team has been because there's players there who have probably been knocking on his door, uh, players who've come on on Saturday and scored for him as well. So I think he'll make changes. Um, but we've got to be ready for whatever it is they do. We've got to be organised. We've got to be disciplined. And, and of course, we can't go and just open up and try and play free-flowing football. That would be so naive to try and take on Linfield and, and play like that. But certainly uh, to go and, and to organise ourselves and, and to try and do something, we've got to go in positive. And we've got to be confident and say, look, let's go and see what we can do. And, and if it goes against us and, and, and we don't get that, well, that's what everyone expected in the first place. But let, let's go and see what we can do and give a good account of ourselves. And as I've said to you, you know, I'm never talking to my players about results. I'm talking to them about performance. So can we give a good performance tomorrow night? Can we make sure that we give a performance that we not only can be proud of, but that where we can see that we've improved uh, because we're looking to next Saturday and that's a really big game for us. Uh, yeah. That's massive. So, got, so we've got to prepare for that. Yeah, and you've got Newdy City on Saturday, uh, the current league leaders. I mean, that could be some battle. They're flying. They're absolutely flying. I, I know they hit a, a bump in the road there just last week. Um but honestly, you know, that, that's just the nature of the championship, as we've talked about already. There are so many good sides out there who on their day can play. And, you know, if Newry haven't played well and haven't turned up the way they, they had been doing, uh, you know, that, that, that's going to happen in the championship. But make no mistake, Newry City and what Darren has done there and how he sets up his teams and how he organises them, they're really well disciplined. Uh, they're really, really well drilled. And even on a bad day when they maybe aren't playing well and aren't going uh, the way they would like to, they will still have an awful, awful lot in the chamber. And, and we've got to be recognising that and we've got to be prepared for it. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're using tomorrow night, I guess, as an opportunity for us just to get ourselves organised and progress and make sure that Saturday we know exactly where we stand. Uh, we've got to be on our best. I know they're coming to us. 
Uh, that that really doesn't. I don't believe there's anything really in, in home advantage in the championship. Maybe even in the Premier League, outside of your Larns, your Linfields, and your Glentorans that have massive crowds. You know, we don't have forty five thousand people behind us singing. You know, so there isn't a massive difference in in home advantage. So we kind of wipe that slate clean and we just say, look, we've just got to go toe to toe with Newry, and and we know what they're capable of. And and if we don't be on our guard, you know, we could we could walk away with our tails between our legs and, and then it's a real uphill struggle. As you say, we're five points behind them. Uh, you know, going to eight uh, makes it a really, really tough challenge then for the rest of the year. So, so yeah, we, we know what we're coming up against and it's, it's a tough week. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Speaking of Linfield, I mean, going to Ballyclare, is this a little bit of a banana skin for, for David Healy and his team? Yeah, like uh, I think Ballyclare look forward to to inviting uh, Dunfield to the to the ground and, and taking them on. Uh, they've started the season well as Ballyclare, and they've brought in Howard Beverland from Corium, which is a fantastic signing. A lot of experience in there at the back, and they'll definitely need that against against Lumfield. A bit to see whether David Healy makes too many changes. I know that he's got a big squad as well, and there's a few guys haven't played a lot in the recent weeks. So whether he'll change things up, I don't know. But you just worry sometimes if you make too many changes. Guys that's not played regular football, they come up against a, a formidable challenge. You know, it could be tough on them. So the Lumford definitely won't want to go to the stage of the, the competition. They'll be they'll be wanting to stick in there to the end. And uh, but they'll have to work for it, I would say. And I think there'll be a bit of an opportunity for them to try and hold all three of the, the major competitions in, in one go, because obviously they won the Irish Cup and they're obviously the defending league champions. That's right, you know, and that's that's something they for them to, to aim for. Uh, Lanfield are synonymous with one in silverware and uh, they don't like going out of competitions early. So I'm sure David Haley will have them fired up for it, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on um, to the game at Seaview, a, a derby between Crusaders and Cliftonville. It finished 1-1. Cliftonville uh, still unbeaten and still top of the Danske Bank Premiership. But Crusaders really played well in this game, Stephen, and maybe very unlucky not to have won this game, even though some will probably look at it and say a draw maybe a fair result. Yeah, it was another North Belfast derby with a late goal. I think the crews did at the Cliftonville a few times last season, so uh, it probably could have been a banker for, for that to happen this time around again. Uh, so I'm sure Crusaders are disappointed. Nobody likes conceding late on, but they're coming up against a, a, Crusader, or sorry, a Cliftonville side in good form, and it shows you what Paddy has instilled in them, that they kept going right to the very death, and they got their, their rewards for it. Um, the crews have had a, a bit of an indifferent start this season, uh, that excellent one over Porta Down, but uh, a loss and a, a draw and a defeat, uh, they go along with it. So I don't know. It's, what do you put their indifferent start down to? I was going to ask, what, what's their mm. indifferent start down to? Is it just a lack of uh, you know, connectivity in the middle of the pitch? Is it you know mm. not getting the relationship right at the back? What, what, what do you think? Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to call because they've, they've got nearly the same sort of squad there that they've had for the last few years. Obviously, like so Johnny McMurray has come in. Um, and uh, last season they just as the season wore on they just seemed to run out of a wee bit of a steam I don't know if they've really just got their recharged the batteries enough and got going again um, they'll be tough to beat at their home pads Crusaders always are and they have a certain way of playing especially at home but I'm sure Stephen Baxter won't want to lose too much ground in the top four or five teams early on he'll be wanting to get a few wins under his belt yeah, John Forsyth scored the cruise goal in this game. I've been really impressed with Ben Kennedy, and I mentioned this to 
to Ryan McConville on last week's show. What have you made of, of him and, and some of the other players that have come into the cruise? Yeah, uh, Ben's a very, very talented boy. Obviously, he's played across the water for, for a number of years. Um, he can make things happen just, you know, with a with, a, with his left foot. He can win games on his own. I think Stephen Baxter had had spoken highly of him at the start of the season, saying that this is he's going to be a big player for them this season and you know, one of their main guys. Uh, getting big Josh back. Josh has obviously been about the league for, for a number of years. He's a no-nonsense defender and probably what the crews need it in there, you know, a big guy that can come and head things and clear things. And it's, you just need to find their feet now. And it's been a tough, maybe a couple of seasons for the crews after such a successful period in their history. Yeah, This happens to all teams. You just have to rebuild. And I'm sure Stephen will leave no stone in turn to try and rebuild the team and take them back to where they were previously. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel Cairns coming off the bench for the Reds to grab them a point. Um, Paddy McLaughlin will be absolutely delighted with that, I'm sure. Yeah, and you know, Daniel's one of these boys, he's, he's you no know, shortage of talent, but maybe he hasn't just produced it enough. You know, he was at Lumfrey, he was at Glenavon, he was at Clifford and he sort of, you know, maybe hadn't ever had a regular run of games at either, all the clubs. But uh, Clifford certainly have a lot of attacking talent. I think Joe Gormley obviously is back scoring goals again as we all we all thought Joe would be and you've got the likes of Paul and and Jamie McDonough as another one who's had an excellent start to the season uh, I know that night against Corey and he was he was fantastic and mm-hmm. set up the two goals and I think uh, if they can sort themselves out at the back they're definitely I'll be a threat to anyone going forward Obviously Colin Coates has swapped uh, red and black for, for red and white I mean what did you make of that when that happened last week? Yeah, he was at the solitude that night at the Korean game and the tongue started to wag that that's where he was going to end up. And um, probably at this stage of his career, it's maybe hasn't, you know, got, you know, made the news as much. If it had been maybe six, seven years ago, it would have been more of a stir, but it still is. Like, obviously, you think of Colin Coates and you think of Crusaders because he was there for so long and Mm. he was that real successful period. And for the club, he was at the heartbeat of that. But it's football. He left the cruise, and you know, Clifford wanted him. So the way he sees it is, is you know, he goes where he wants to put. You know, with the team that wants him, and there's no doubt his experience and and know how it will be invaluable uh, to to Clifford this season. And uh, with some crack if he he pops up in the northwest, <laughs> real fast derby and scores a winner or something. something. Yeah, I, I thought it might happen this weekend, but it, it didn't actually. Yeah. I was I was I was kind of slightly disappointed. <laughs> no shame, obviously, to, to Crusaders fans uh, yes. on that one. We, we we talked Ryan and I last week about the influence that Chris Gallagher and Jamie McDonough have had on the Reds' midfield, especially that's allowed Chris Curran to have a bit more directness coming forward as well. What have you made of those guys since they've come in? Yeah, um, you know, Cricky is a, a, a fantastic midfielder. He's another guy that came back from, from English football. Um, he, he was a, I was surprised at the Glens, you know, things didn't work out for him there. Um, I think there was no shortage of suitors in the summer whenever he was made, made available. He's energetic, he can play, and I think he's a fantastic signing for the Reds. And as I was saying earlier about McDonough, real danger man, a typical winger, likes to get down, cross a ball in, and he's an eye for a goal as well. And Two very astute signings from Paddy McLaughlin that could really kick them on this season. Yeah, Cliftonville have got Harlan and Wolf Welders on Tuesday night in the Irish League Cup. They've started mixing match in the Championship, but they're a dangerous team on their day. Yeah, they've got a, a number of guys that obviously have played in the, in the, the Premiership, so they know what the they know what it's about, and they can harm me on their day. Um, I don't know now if 
I'll have enough to, to see you off Criffinville on the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Criffinville will probably will be able to just have that know-how and get over the line, but it's definitely going to be a trickier one for them. I think if it had been the other way around in the tie, there could have been a, a potential interest there. But I think the fact that it's at Solitude, I think, gives uh, Cliftonville a, a big uh, advantage, in my opinion. Crusaders have got Moyola Park. And then their next match in the league, and we're going to talk about this, is uh, Larne. Uh, and, of course, Larne, uh, the only, well, one of the other teams that have had a, a really good start. And they won 3-0 against Warren Point. Another win for Tierney Lynch's side. Um, a pretty convincing professional home performance. Yeah, Larne are just ticking along very nicely at the moment. Obviously, the, the summer European exploits have just carried that on into the league and they just look like no matter who they come up against at the moment, they're just capable of winning games. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that going over the next few months. Obviously, there's a lot of games still to, to come in, but I'm sure Tiernan Lynch is absolutely delighted that the guys have, have really stepped up to the plate. One thing that intrigued me in this game as well, Stephen, three different scores again, but all midfielders, Andy Mitchell, Lee Lynch, Number ten and 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 John Heron getting the goals. I mean, the diversity of goal scorers already for Lauren this season that must really please Tiernan. Yeah, they, they have a real attacking threat from midfield. They're not just one of these midfields that you know it's all workmanship and uh, and no end product. They they can do the hard stuff and they can put the ball in the back of the net too. And that's such an asset they have because maybe the days that your strikers don't aren't firing. You know, the, the guys from midfield that can pop up with a with a crucial goal for them and. Uh, it will be a big asset to Lauren this season. Yeah, Lauren and Linfield still with 100% records in the Premiership so far this season. Uh, Warren Point, you know, they were kind of on a bit of a hiding into nothing coming into this game, but they were well beaten last week by Glenavon. I'm sure Barry Gray is kind of saying to himself, rare season starts again from here because we need to reset and fast. Yeah, it's it's been t- difficult for them. I think the Glenavon result probably was a real signal for them because they were probably happy to bring... Glenavon to Milltown and, and take them on and they obviously got the early goal but then it just went downhill for them from there against Lauren it's a free hit really probably nobody expecting them to, to really win the game but I'm sure Barry was hoping for a response from his players but it's going to be interesting those bottom six teams it's going to be the games that they all play each other it's going to be the interesting one because they all need to start picking up points Yeah absolutely Lauren have got Lunavari on Tuesday night I mean they won the County Antrim Shield last season, Stephen, but I'm sure Tune and Lynch and his staff and players will be thinking, we have to be taking that next step. Yes, they got to the Irish Cup final, but the League Cup is a, a really big opportunity to get another piece of silverware in the cabinet at Edinburgh Park. Yeah, they want to target everything this season and then see where they end up come the, come the final whistle. And um, they'll see every tournament as a, an opportunity to go and do that. They have certainly got the squad to be able to rotate a bit like Glenn Torn and you know, they're not losing any quality. Um, so that it won't really affect them in terms of who they select. I would say they'll come the come the shake up, they'll be in and around the last the last four. But definitely they've got the, the bit between their teeth anyway. I mean, one thing I did notice is that Fuad Sule is injured, I think, for a period of time. He's he's gonna be a big loss in that midfield. Yeah, his absence last year, I think, had a real impact on Lauren because he's so integral. Um, the way Lauren like to play, play out from the back with their the full backs bombing on and you know, with the midfielders and all playing further forward, he links everything up and he gives great protection to his defence. He's such a strong player too, so he is. Uh, but they seem to have coped really well in the opening games without him, so mm-hmm. it's maybe not having as much of an impact this season as it had in previous seasons. So, But what a player to be able to bring back into the equation again. It's, it's yeah. nice to maybe 
it's a nice problem for Tierney Nice to have. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, Lee Lynch has been hitting the ground running as well. Is he a bit of an underrated player on this line side? Because obviously McDade's been out injured as well. You know, maybe a bit more of a spotlight on Lynch this season to to add to his game, and, and he's certainly doing that. I think he's a super player. I think you're, you're definitely right. He is underrated, and a lot of people. Um, he's quick, he's direct, he can score. Um, the football match this season, he came on late on and scored a fantastic the goal. delicious score goal, in. sorry. <laughs> oh, that was, that, was, that was excellent. Like, you couldn't do anything but applaud because normally you see boys maybe trying to go around the keeper first time finish. It was a superb dink. And I th- you know, we followed up again there on Saturday with another great goal. And it's great to have boys that you can bring off the bounce that can go and do that. You know, it's uh, such an asset to learn to us. I don't want to kick Warren Point when they're down, but they've got a very tough game on Tuesday night in the Irish League Cup away at Newry City, who, although had uh, lost to the weekend, we'll come on to talk about the championship in a minute. They've made such a good start. This has definitely got huge banana skin written all over it. Oh, it's massive. It's it's a big enough game given the circumstances, but given their close proximity <laughs> and it being a derby match. A derby and, game. You know, mm-hmm. And this, there's a bit of, you know, big rivalry there, you know, because... Yuri were obviously the team that was there for a lot of years, and now Warren Point have come in and taken their spot as such in the in the Premiership. So I'd say Yuri will fancy their chances, and it'll be a cracker, I think. And if it goes to the game, the atmosphere, everything tomorrow night will be, be really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly going to be interesting to see how that shapes up, because I do think that will be an absolute cracker. Let's move into the Championship. Uh, there were the five games... Uh, on Saturday, and of course, uh, Anna and Dergview played on Friday night. Anna won 3-1 at Tandragi Road against Dergview. Ards won 2-0 against Dondella. The Welders won by a goal to nil at Institute. Local Thrash knocked a 6-1 away from home. Uh, Newry City lost their unbeaten uh, 100% start to the season by losing 3-0 against Balna Mallard at the Newry Showgrounds. And Valley Clare Comrades won 3-1 at Queen's University at the Dub. Um, interesting matchups uh, this weekend, Stephen. But the one highlight there is obviously Newry losing three 0 and that's a bit of a shocking result considering the start they've made under Darren Mullen. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that on Saturday evening when the results were coming through because Newry started so well. But Ballin Mallard have a lot of good quality players down there and a, a very good manager and Harry McConkey. And again, it just shows you how much of a bond fight it's going to be in the championship this this season. I was looking at the table, and I think there's only seven points separating the top seven. Yeah. So I know we had talked about it at the start of the season. I think whoever whoever comes top in that league will have earned their earned the right to go up. It's yeah, going to be uh, a tough, tough season. Absolutely. Ards, of course, I mentioned they're one two nil against Dundella, and, and they're hot on their heels, aren't they? And I've been really impressed with Kim Nelson, the captain so far this season. He, he's just a fantastic player, isn't he? Yeah, obviously a player that's been about the Irish League for a long while. He's played in the Premiership as well. And a uh, physical guy, he's an eye for a goal. And I think, you know, getting those sorts of players in your team is a big asset in a championship club, boys with, with Premiership experience, because they can really help kick you on and, and you know, hopefully get you into that promotion spot. Yeah, absolutely. We must mention Colin Nixon was relieved of his duties as Dundell, a manager. Are you surprised by that? It's not been a great start for Dundell. I think when you have that start, you're always worried that, that that's how it's going to end up. It's, I don't like to see any manager lose his job, and particularly someone like Nicky, who's been about the Irish League for longer than I can remember. Obviously, the distinguished playing career, his managerial career probably hasn't panned out as what I'd like with ours. It ended you know, in a, a difficult way, and now with Dundella. But he's the type of guy that I'm sure if he wants to come back, he'll, he'll go at it and try to make a success of it again. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just having a look at the the, the championship clubs in the, the Irish Cup. Obviously, we talked about Anna, Valley, Clare, Derby, the Welders. Balna-Muller played Dundella, uh, which should be a, a really interesting game. What goal? We mentioned them winning 6-1 against Not Breda. I mean, that's a great result for them. And they've got Lisburn Distillery in the Cup. I mean, what goal have always been renowned for being a good cup team and, and being very dangerous? Definitely. And uh, they have a few guys that can cause you, cause you problems. Uh, Big Nettis Michaelitis, who was at Corian a couple of seasons back. Fantastic Looking player. Well. Yeah, Lorcan Ford's an or fantastic acquisition for them. So they can cause you problems. And I think if they get through this round, there wouldn't be too many teams with fancy going and playing them down at Lakeview. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we mentioned a few of the other ones earlier. Ards are playing Dollingstown on Wednesday night. We've talked about some of the, the potential upsets. I mean, is there any others that, that sort of take your fancy? I know. I think it's going to be very difficult for the for the teams, and not not they put that across in a bad way. I think it's hard. You know, when you look at both cup competitions in recent seasons, there haven't been too many shocks. I think the one that stands out is obviously Queens against Lumford in the Irish Cup a couple of seasons mm-hmm. back, but it doesn't really really happen that often. I think the yeah. one that I would, as we said, talked about earlier, is is the Newry Warren Point one, just given the form that both teams are in and given the the significance of the game. So I think Barry Gray will be hoping his side can eke out a result, but I'm sure Darren Mullen will have his boys up for it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are, are, are interested to know how the League Cup works because I believe it's uh, the first round is seeded against non-seeded teams. Are you surprised mm-hmm. at how this has been on the go for the for the as long as time has been, really? Could it uh-huh. be mixed up a bit more to have a few more all-premiership matches? Yeah, I think it was a way of trying to, you know, give some of the Champions teams, you know, maybe a bit of a gate you know, especially in the midweek match and mm. you know sometimes if they draw a team in the same division or, or lower league they maybe wouldn't get a crowd especially being midweek but if you're getting the likes of a Lumford or Crusaders Cliftonville a Corian whoever coming to your ground it gives you a bit of a boost you know and I think at the minute uh, with fans being allowed back in the crowds are fantastic you know and people really are coming out to support their team so hopefully we get that again on Tuesday night well, I know Graham Bailey is very excited to have Cool Rain come to Banger. So, I'm um, talking of Banger. They had a, a good uh, win against PSNI, uh, winning 2-1, uh, which was uh, very interesting for them. I think we mentioned these last time out. Banbridge 1, Moyola Park 1, Lisburn 2, Newington 3, Tobermore 1, Portstewart 1, and Darlingston 0, Armat City 2. Let's move into the Women's Premiership, Stephen, because, you know, it's really hotting up uh, the battle for the title. Cliftonville beat Crusaders strikers 2-1, but Glen Torren, they don't look show any signs of slipping up. Absolutely smashing Linfield ladies 9-0 on Friday night. Quite extraordinary. I mean, what? Friday night for the Glens, 13 goals for the club in the two matches that was played. I mean, quite incredible stuff. Uh, it's been a fantastic season, and you have to take your hats off to the Glen Torren and Cliftonville uh, squads because they've been superb all season. they I was looking at the table today and I think their records are nearly identical bar the Glens maybe having a bit more... 13 uh, goals difference Glen yeah, Torn have over... Slightly better defensively. So I know that there's a big title decider coming up now at the end of end of this month whenever uh, Cavanville visit the Oval. A ring will be resting on that there. But it's just good to see those two teams going at it because it's almost like a final. You have mm-hmm. to say whoever wins that night is going to win the title. But they're scoring goals for fun and I know... Uh, obviously, the Glens put nine past Dunfield there. I think uh, Cliffville have hit serious uh, 
goals in the recent ga- a few games as well. I think they hit, was it Derry City, was it for 12 as well? Yes. Uh, so there's definitely plenty of firepower in the two teams. And if invest that, both teams invest that a lot in, uh, in the pre season, they bring in quality players. And so they're not in the national squad now, you're playing in those two teams. So yeah. fair play to them. You know, they've really kicked on this season. Yeah. And it's going to be an exciting climax. I mean, it, it, we haven't really talked about the other four teams, but. You know, it's an interesting Ballyville for third spot because Sion are just three points behind Crusader strikers who've lost the last four games. That's it. And you know, Sion were, were up there challenging for the league in a, a, for the last few seasons. Uh, as happens, they end up getting or losing their best players. It's, you know, it's just a, the nature of the game. But uh, that'll be a good battle too. They won't want to give up, you know, as well. And uh, I think there are teams that'll be a, a case of regrouping and hopefully getting back again next season. Yeah, it should be a really exciting climax and we'll talk more Northern Irish uh, women's premiership football next time, I'm sure, where I'll be joined once again by the fantastic Lauren McCann. Uh, let's move into the weekend's action, Stephen, and let's uh, give our predictions. Um, we'll start in the Danskabine premiership. Balamina against Glenavon. I mean, this is a game that's always littled with goals. I mean, what's your prediction for this game and, and who do you see coming out on top? Well, obviously both sides are coming under it in a a bit of a, of a downer given their, their recent performances. So uh, I think the first goal is going to be crucial. Mm. For me, I think if, if Glenavon click and they with their attacking prowess, I could see them coming out as winners. But I'm sure DJ will be wanting to arrest Balamina's form sooner rather than later. Like he knows they start, they start getting points on the board. But yeah. I'll probably go for a 3-1 Glenavon. I'm going to go for 2-2 draw. I just have a feeling Balamina will get some and they need to get their season up and running. I think Glenavon will be really hurt after last weekend, but I'm sure we call it Balamina will be too. And I think we could see quite a good game on Saturday. And I yeah. think we could see a share of the spoils. We mentioned earlier about Portadown and, and obviously, you know, the, the start of really three cup finals for them in the yeah. Irish league. And the first of those is down at Carrick and, and Carrick, obviously with a, a fantastic start uh, and a great result last week. Uh, Stuart King will be thinking, we can, we can back this up here. Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been excellent. And I think uh, Stuart's enthusiasm is rubbing off in Corrick big time. Uh, Tippy is the same. He's a t- the type of guy who tries to get the best out of his team. I think this could be a really great game. Um, mm. Both sides like to play attacking football. I think Corrick probably might just aid us. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm in agreement. Indian. I'm in agreement. Uh, I think it'll be narrow, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it's 2 1 or. Or 3-2, yeah. I think it'll be a cracking game. I think there could be quite a few goals as well. I can yeah. see um, both teams really going for it there. So we've gone for two games with, with lots of goals. <laughs> is Crusaders Lauren going to be the same? This is a big game for both teams. Yeah, I, I think it will be a trickier going to uh, Seaview because obviously Crusaders love playing there in a, in a certain way. But I think Lauren is just in that momentum at the minute where they, they don't look like, like dropping points. But I think I'll probably maybe go for a 2-1 this time. I think uh, Lauren will just have enough to go over the line. I mean, there was that incredible game last season that was on Sky, wasn't it, with all the, the goals? I think it was three each, yeah. wasn't it? I, mean, yeah. I wonder if we'll see something very similar. I'm going to tip a Lauren away win, which isn't going to go down with Crusaders fans <laughs> who've already switched off to this podcast already. But what I will say about Crusaders is on their day and at home, they can beat anybody in this division. I just think yeah, that Lauren just look a bit more like a rejuvenated animal after the disappointment perhaps of, of maybe not being closer for the challenge of the league title. And I just think that, that Lynch and his team will, will get the win here, but 
I, I think Crusaders, long term, I can see what they're trying to do, and I think they will come back. I just think this game maybe comes a bit early for them in the season. Now, Cliftonville travelled to Dungannon, and obviously last season, Dungannon's first win came against Cliftonville. So this could be a bit of a sticky game for, for Paddy McLaughlin's league leaders. Yeah, and obviously Dungannon, we're, we're talking about Porter Down, you know, and Ballymena needing results. I think Dungannon definitely need a result too. Um, so being down to Stangmore, they'll play a certain way, they, a good pitch down there. Cliftonville had good form at the moment, so I think they'll just age it, maybe 2 1. Yeah, I'm in sort of agreement as well. I do feel Dungannon need to get a performance underway. You know, they're again like Porter Down, they have spells and games, but. They just can't connect it together. Whereas I feel Cliftonville look a really dangerous beast this season. And that brings me on to a really interesting question, actually, coming from, from Chris Gray, who, who, who messaged us on Twitter, um, saying, do we see an alternative challenge for the league title in here? Hi, guys. Simple question. Do any of you think a part-time club has a chance of winning the league this season? I think, given what Corey have done recent recent seasons, you know, anything can happen in the league, you know, and it's all about, you know, getting that run of games behind you, hopefully not getting too many injuries. But this season is really difficult given that the squads that the likes of Lauren and Glenn Torn in particular have built. Mm. Obviously, that, you know, expectation and pressure comes with that. But the fact that Cliffville started so strongly shows that they're capable of going to places and getting results. So it definitely wouldn't rule out the likes of a part-time team challenging. It's just whether they can keep their key players fit. Agree. That's going to come down to you know, and, and, and also keep them at the club when it comes to January as well, because obviously yeah. the transfer window reopens, and you yeah. can see some of the full time clubs thinking actually there's a couple of good players out there that we haven't invested or interest in. Let's go all the way out for them. I'm really 100%. excited by Cliftonville. I mean, Cool Rain. I've, I've hit the ground running. They've had a, a, a really tough start first two games, but you know they've, they're playing all the way from home, and yeah. you know when they get these bigger teams up. The showgrounds, it'll be interesting to see where Coleraine are at because you know and I know, Stephen, the Coleraine at home are, are very, very good. Yeah, and they're backed by a big home support, obviously, too. And um, I think the, the new pitch will be very interesting because Coleraine have, have thrived on 3G services in the last few years. Uh, I think in some ways that the pitch, through no fault of anybody's, wasn't conducive to playing maybe a style of football. But they've, they've addressed that situation now and they've got a service now that you can play football no matter what the weather. So I'll be see how Corian adapt to playing on that every other week. I think it will suit them. I think the style of football wants to play. Um, and uh, I'm sure they'll relish uh, having a lot of these teams down the showgrounds in the latter stages of the season. You're our resident expert on Corian. Any idea when they are going to be getting an opportunity to play their first match on the artificial surface yet? Yeah, the, the home game against Balamina now at the... Uh, at the end of the month is, is what's penciled in. I think everything is all all stations go at the minute. I think the pitch is pretty much laid. They're just funny the, the final few uh, touches to go. They've been a big redevelopment of the ground. They've also the home changing rooms. They've taken the opportunity to uh, renovate those and do a bit of work at the wave dressing room. And the, um, they've done some work at the main stand as well. So uh, it'll be a very different showgrounds that people are coming back to. So we'll... We're smashing a derby game as well. You just can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be very atmosphere. exciting. Until then, though, Cool Rain um, are away to Windsor Park on Saturday. That's another very tough away game for them. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one that's really mouthwatering. Uh, I think uh, in recent seasons, uh, Orn has got the boys really relishing to go to Windsor Park. I think the pitch up there suits them. Um, I think they've got the players to exploit, you know, they're running behind Lumford. 
and food are in great form as well. So it has all the ingredients to be a really cracking game. Um, Result-wise, I probably think it might be a score draw. Um, Interesting. So I think Corey have got the bit between their teeth at the moment, and defensively they look that wee bit stronger over the last two games. So big test for them, obviously, coming up against the Blues. But they, they they like those sorts of tests, you know, and I think if you're going to do anything, last season they didn't beat Dunfield in the league games, whereas in the previous few seasons they had a great record against them. Yeah. And they all want to address that now, and I'll put down a bit of a marker if they can go to Windsor Park and get a result, but I think probably it will end in a draw. No, Coleraine always do quite well at Linfield, don't they? I mean, I think they drew mm-hmm. 0-0. Um, was it yeah. last season? And, and, and yeah. arguably should have won the game there. I, I just I just feel that Linfield have, have got two wins on the board, haven't reached the full potential yet, and that's quite a scary thought. You know, I thought the game against Crusaders, they, they won the game really in, in second or third gear, and then the they poured it down game. They, they showed their powers of resilience to come back from behind. I just feel that Coleraine, they're going to have to play well if they're going to get something out of the game. I'm going to upset you here, Stephen. I think Linfield <laughs> might just nick this. I, I hope I'm wrong for your sake, but I think it'll be a really intriguing game. Speaking of another uh, interesting game, Glenn Torn off the back of that great win uh, against Palomina. They go to Milltown uh, on Saturday. The game's come thick and fast for Barry Grayside and you know, they've had a couple of really bad results recently too. Really comfortable beatings, and you know, Glen Tour next. It, it doesn't get any easier for the guys from Milton. Yeah, it's, it's sort of catch 22. Would you rather have a, a lesser team to play, or would you rather have a big boys come to town and maybe raise your game? But Barrier knows that you know, given the League Cup match and this match on Saturday, it's two, two big games for his team. Will they be judged on the result against Glen Torn? Probably not. Mm. But if he if he does get a manage to get something out of the game, it'll be fantastic, you know. and as we talked about there, maybe there is a chance of getting out the grains as as Christenville proved, proved rare recently, but you'd expect them to be able to come out of that, you know, no matter who they play, that they've got enough about them, they, they won't win the game. Yeah, Glenn Torn haven't kept a clean sheet so far this season, which is which is intriguing. And, you know, maybe gives Warren Point a, a bit of a chance, but, you know, Warren Point themselves aren't great defensively, as we've seen already. And Glenn's with all that striking quality and options. And we haven't really talked about Shane McCartan, who hasn't quite started the season on fire yet, but he hasn't needed to because all the other guys in and around him have done. This is it. Like, you know, and I think we talked in the previous show uh, as well about the pressure of, of being the, the league's most expensive player and how you probably want to be up and running. But if Graham Torner winning games, he's probably happy enough. And if they're up there at the t- right end of the table, he's still contributing in some ways, like if, even if he isn't scoring goals. But again, as you say, it's an embarrassment of riches and, it's going to take something really special for one point to, to get a result on Saturday. We have another very interesting question before we move on to talk about the championship from Stu Will. Hi, Stu. Nice to hear from you. Stephen, this is a question for you. Are you in favour of moving the Irish Premiership calendar so the Irish league clubs are more competitive in Europe? Or what other changes do you think would help improve the IPL? This has been the, the debate that's been raging on now for the last few years about moving to a more of a, a summer-based schedule like the way it is in the League of Ireland. Uh, there's 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 two thoughts and uh, you know two different camps on this debate and obviously there's traditionalists who like the, the Christmas fixtures over Boxing Day and uh, and New Year's because they're big money spinners for the clubs and then there's people saying but we can't always just do what we've always done but it's mm-hmm. probably it's trying to find a compromise that it suits everybody and uh, I think it was mooted uh, maybe starting the league in the March time and running through to the December and then taking the winter months off because. 
in the past, January, February has been a bit of a washout at times. The game's yeah. been cancelled because of the weather. So if I think if it was going to happen, I could see that happen because people wouldn't really want to give up their Christmas fixtures, which is, which is fair because clubs do rely on that, that big financial windfall. Absolutely. Um, it's just about looking how we can keep the game going forward. I don't think you ever just say no to something. I think you have to keep saying, ask the question and see and, and start the debate. And people like Mike McDermott obviously has come into the league and he's he's really driven this forward. And hopefully we will I think Kenny Bruce has later. been very vocal on it yes, as well. Kenny too. He's been very vocal on, on Twitter, particularly about, you know, matches being played at, at three o'clock on a Saturday. You know, how can that yep. be? You know, evolved. Is it a Friday, Saturday? What about potentially a, a Sunday game? It's really interesting yeah. to see guys coming in and thinking we have a good product, but can we make it mm-hmm. even better? Hundred percent. And uh, I think obviously Kenny's a is a businessman, and he'll look at it from that type of view and look and say, well, where, when is the best time for us to get the fans into the crowd? There is a lot of junior football played in Northern Ireland throughout the country on a Saturday, and a lot of guys who would maybe go to matches aren't able to go because they're playing in football matches themselves. A lot of clubs are going down the Friday night route. Gives people, as I was talking earlier, guys like going out under lights and you know, there's a bit more to it. The Sunday one's always been a bit stickier because a lot of clubs just won't play on the Sunday. Um, so, But again, it's about asking those questions and it's great to have new voices in the league that are willing to do that. And uh, Niffle have to be commended for the way they've really taken the league on in the last few years. And I've no doubt that you know those questions will be asked and we will try and move forward and uh, the products there it's just about fine tuning a few things yeah absolutely Stu thanks very much for your question as always and of course you can send them in uh, to myself and whoever is my guest on each week uh, when it goes out on Twitter so please do tweet me at stato underscore grand uh, when those come out uh, the championship fixtures this uh, weekend Balnamallard host Knock Breda at Fernie Park Bally Clare host Newry City that could be a, a really exciting game Stephen yeah oh, definitely yeah uh... I'm sure Darren Mullen will be wanting to get the boys back and you know and uh, form again. Uh, he knows in this in the championship you can't afford to, to slip down too far because there's so many teams that are all nipping at your heels in there. But as we said, Ballyclare have recruited well and have a good manager in there, so uh, it's, it's a it's going to be an intriguing tie. So it will be. Yeah, absolutely. Dirkview host Queen's University Institute host Arts uh, local host at Harlan Wolf Webbles and straight off the bat, just seen a tweet here at Andy Gray and I that Dundella have appointed Niall Curry as their new manager and they host Anna United in their opening match. So breaking news uh-huh. there, uh, Stephen, Niall Curry back in the Irish uh, League again. Uh, he knows how to get his teams playing well in the Championship. A good appointment for Dundella, I think. Definitely. And uh, I was sad to see Niall uh, part ways with, with Carrick last season because he's a passionate guy. He's a football man. He's been about the league both as a player and a manager for a, a lot of years. Um and he, he wants to win things, you know. He he's very, very ambitious, so he'll see this as a good challenge. Obviously, the Dell is not where they I want think to he'll be see it as a moment. bit of a point to prove, won't he? After he what happened at, at Carrick, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's certainly interesting because he goes in in some messages with, with absolutely nothing to lose, definitely. And um, it's a league he knows very well, and it's got a lot of connections. You know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of players that will want to go and play for him. He's a charismatic figure, so that, I think that's a very shrewd appointment by them, yeah, absolutely. And they host Anna. Uh, on Saturday, I mean, it's it's an interesting time for Anna to go and face Dondella with with a new manager. I don't think anybody likes going to be the first team to play a team with a new manager on board. Uh, there's always that new manager bounce, as they say. Um, so I'll definitely be an actual one. Neil will be looking for a response from the players, and he'll be out judging the players, see what he needs to do, and see who who's in his future plans. 
Yeah, there's five games in the Intermediate League on Saturday. Armagh City host Tobermore United. Moyola Park are home to Lunavari United. Newington travel to Dollingstown. Port Stewart host Banger. And the PSNI host Banbridge Town. Uh, we're coming to the stage of the show, Stephen, where it's time for us to have a look at our fantasy football teams. Um, you, my friend, have made a great start and I need some advice. Tell me what you're doing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll bring out all the managerial cliches now and I'm not getting carried away. It's early days and all that. <laughs> no, uh, I think it's just luck of the draw. Like, you know, I, I sort of looked at the the selections and tried to think a wee bit more outside the box, you know, and uh, at a great first week, Alexa Keenan Dillon scored a couple of goals and that really boosted me up. And then I think the second fixture week, I had only three or four players, so <laughs> I didn't go kick on. But yeah, obviously it's a bit of crack and it gives you something to be a week more interested in the you're sitting there on a Saturday thinking you hear the scores come in, you're wondering who scored and who assisted if a, a fixture is going to affect your fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. Who's been the players that have shone for you? I was having a look at my team. London Kane's been bagging me a lot of yeah. points. But this weekend uh, past, uh, my midfield scored me 31 points between them. Dave Cushley, Lee Lynch, and uh, my captain for the weekend, Jamie Mulgrew. Fantastic. Uh, I think I came, came Bolger. Uh, at the weekend there, he got, I think he top scored B18 for me, so they had a clean sheet obviously for Lauren, and uh, uh, and also Matthew Fitzpatrick on the first couple of weeks, he mm. he bagged a couple and assisted, and uh, Jay Donnelly, obviously last week, a game with hat-trick of assists was a was another one. You're so, Harry Kane! <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just waiting for Jay to get a goal now, that will, will put icing on the cake, but uh, yeah, Garth Dean getting a couple of clean sheets there is also good boost at me at the back. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to have to make some changes to my front line because I don't know how long David McDade will be injured for. And obviously David Parkhouse yeah. has been injured as well. Um, so I think I might have to make some changes there. But what have you made of the Fantasy Football League? Because it's been really good to see the Northern Irish Football League community get together and have a bit of fun with their friends and have a bit of chat about things like this. Yeah, again, as we are talking there about Niffle and it's an all good initiative and it helps people talk about the league and, you know, it's it's good to see the way it's split up and the, obviously the overall league and then the fans league as well. So I think it helps people talk about the league and raise the profile is fantastic. And um, I think fantasy football has been alike for a long, long time and it's just an our way of Northern Ireland football to, to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow how we're getting on each week uh, in the fantasy football on this uh, podcast, the Northern Irish Football Show, as an association of Campbell's Footballs. The guys there are doing a great job of sharing the content when it comes out. So a big shout out to those guys once again. Stephen, we're coming very much to the end of the show. Thanks once again for, for joining me to, to review the week's action, obviously preview the upcoming League Cup games and the Premiership games. I'll be joined by Lauren McCann on next week's show to discuss uh, all the ins and outs from those games. Just give us a little bit of a flavour before we finish up of what you have on for the rest of this week. Yeah, uh, busy, busy Norby. It's busy week ahead. You know, we're looking towards the weekend. Uh, busy schedule tomorrow night with all the League Cup games. And uh, this weekend, uh, I'm actually not not get the Windsor Park. I'm going to be an hour fixture. So uh, disappointed in missing out on that one because I think it'll be a really good game. But uh, I'm sure no matter where we're at, that'll be a good fixtures. Um, it's been great to have football back and chatting to a few of the fans from all the clubs they've really enjoyed being back in full force and you can see how big a difference having supporters at games has, has really made this season yeah absolutely Stephen Crawford is a senior sports writer for Belfast Newsletter and GPI Media NI you can find him at Stephen Crawford on Twitter provides some excellent Northern Irish content and is a font of knowledge for all things in Northern Ireland in the footballing game so, so thanks once again to Stephen for joining me uh, on the podcast I have been Dr Grant Campbell thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Northern Irish Football Show. I'll be back next week 
Uh, don't forget to uh, tune in to my special interview on Friday this week, where I'll be chatting to Ballyclare Comrades manager Paul Harbinson. Uh, but until then, from Stephen and myself, it's goodbye for now. What a dangerous night to fall.